Welcome to the audio edition of the Richland Chronicle for February the 4th, 2020. Your readers today are Victor Carter and I'm Alison Doherty. And Victor, what have you got to kick us off with today? Okay, let's turn to page two of the Richland Chronicle. Design editor Barbara Gandica Martinez wrote this article. This is part two of a two-part series, and it's titled, Go Places with Your Student ID. From leadership programs to student discounts, Richland students have many programs and resources available to help them achieve their personal and academic goals. MAP and WIN. The Male Achievement Program, MAP, and the Women's Initiative Network, WIN, are programs designed to help students achieve academic success Both programs offer small group meetings, peer mentorship, and fellowship for students. We offer things such as retention, mentorship, advising, said Gabe Randall, the MAP coordinator. It's kind of a one-stop shop for everything that the man needs to be successful after college. MAP meets at 2 p.m. Tuesdays in Sabine Hall, room 117. WIN empowers women on campus. The program guides and supports women and helps them reach their objectives. It is a really nice community, said Omarin Sola Ajayi, a member of the program. We talk about things like confidence, self-esteem, all the way to resume writing and LinkedIn. WIN meets at 2 p.m. Thursdays in Thunderduck Hall, room 222. Students interested in these programs can visit Randall in El Paso Hall, room E017. The WIN program coordinator is Erwin Lewis, who is available in El Paso Hall, room E040. Library resources. The Richland Library is more than a quiet place to study. The library offers an online ebook catalog and several databases. Students can create a free Canopy account, which offers access to an online video library featuring documentaries, academic videos, and classic cinema. Students can also get a free online subscription to the New York Times with their student email. For magazine lovers, the library offers access to Flipster, where students can read the latest issue of their favorite magazine online. A number of print magazines are available, too. Additionally, the library offers in-person and online classes about the research process. For more information, visit the library's website on the Richland Chronicle or the, the Richland College website. Student discounts. Richland Student ID opens doors to special resources and discounts around town. Most course assignments require the use of Microsoft Office programs. An Office 365 subscription can be expensive, but Richland students can get access to the full Office 365 suite for free through their student email. By using a photo ID and student email account, students are eligible for a DART student go pass and use DART buses and trains free of charge. To be eligible for the free go pass, Students must be enrolled in at least six credit hours. Continuing education students should be enrolled in at least 96 contact hours. Student IDs can be used throughout the semester with the GoPass application. 
Additional information is available online at https colon front slash front slash www.dccd.edu. Students need a break from academic studies, and the Office of Student Life can help students connect with special discounts. Students can see free orchestral performances by using their student ID and a free Dallas Symphony College card. Stop by the Office of Student Life to learn more. A SharePoint list of all student discounts available at https colon front slash front slash www.richlandcollege.edu can be had at that website. And this article, Go Places with Your Student ID, was written by design editor Barbara Gandica Martinez. Well, thank you. And on page three, we have politics. Impeachment trial to end this week. And this is by Adrienne Aguilar, um, Emeritus Editor-in-Chief. This is part one of an ongoing series. I'm so sorry, it's part three of an ongoing series. The impeachment trial of President Donald Trump took a critical turn last week and a final vote to acquit or remove the president was set for Wednesday. The Senate, voting overwhelmingly along party lines, rejected a motion to call new witnesses in the in the trial. Only two Republicans, Mitt Romney of Utah and Susan Collins of Maine, sided with the 47 Democrats uh, pressuring for witnesses. The bitterly partisan impeachment trial has left many exhausted and exasperated. The truth is that I've been kind of avoiding it, said Patrick Moore, Richland government professor. Moore, who has kept up with the news of the trial, said the arguments being tossed between both parties, especially from Republicans and Trump's legal team, are insipid. Some students said they too had uh, tuned out a frustratingly monotonous, uh, I'm sorry, I'm having trouble reading this today, monotonous live streams of the trial from the Senate chamber. There's so much confusion surrounding it. It seems to either be really simple or really complicated, said Zina Ahmed, a Richland government student. I can't quite tell which one it is. The fact that a president's impeachment in the House didn't directly take him out of office has led some to believe that impeachment doesn't mean much. The message behind not allowing trial witnesses may cause the public to believe the verdict is not worth the trouble. There's nothing exceptional about America except for our unprecedentedly long, by historical standards, history of respect for our constitution and our government institutions, said Moore. That's what we have going for us. Having any person testify would have been detrimental to Republicans' senators' defense. Now it's something they can avoid. Trump and his people were fighting the idea of actual witnesses appearing like John Bolton, Moore said, and Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, Republican Kentucky, said earlier in the week that he didn't have the votes yet to prevent allowing witnesses. Now, witnesses are no longer 
being considered by the Senate. The votes against them mostly were along party lines. Trump's legal defence team, composed of Alan Dershowitz, Ken Starr, Jay Sekulow and others, were were there to, uh, to defend the president from removal from office. Moore said Trump attorneys and Senate supporters tried to seem sincere. They're lawyers, they're politicians, and they have other goals in, uh, other goals than the truth, said Moore. Some U.S. senators appear to be trying to remain in office without becoming the target of Trump's base, Moore said. It's a matter of finding voters who will never abandon the party they have, uh, they have trusted for so long. If I want to get re-elected, if I want to stay a senator, astride the world, then I need those people, said Moore. They will say anything. There is no value other than being a senator. A crime does not need to be committed, as defined in a federal trial states, sorry, statutes, to justify impeachment, said Moore. Partly because when the impeachment clause was written, federal crimes did not exist. You cannot argue that the framers of the Constitution wrote the impeachment clause assuming something about federal laws in the future. That is a senseless argument, Moore said. Impeachment only takes place when Congress believes the president is not doing his job properly. Just imagine for a second a president who is elected but just says, I'm elected now, I'm going to move into my home and spend my time sunbathing in Monaco. No crime is being committed. If the president uh, abandons his oath of office, he is qualified to be impeached without question, Moore said. Yet the underlying doubt mirrors uh, mirrors tensions in other countries that have been destabilized by taking out authoritarians as well as politicians who did not commit to their office. Any lesson that can be drawn from the trial is now defining how impeachment can be good for the country. Ahmed, who has been experienced who has experienced Egypt's government firsthand, said, "The way we're going through impeachment in the US is a very different process than when we got rid of a dictator, which seemed a lot easier than what's happening right now." The dismantling of an elite political figure also went much faster in Egypt than in the U.S. Senate, she said. As I say in class, there is only one thing that differentiates us from countries like Syria today, which is total chaos, said Moore. Libya, South Sudan, Venezuela have all faced a version of taking on an authoritarian out of office. When Egyptians have lost the respect of the government institution, said Moore, the reason Venezuela is in chaos right now is that Chavez undermined the legitimacy of their government institution. Moore said it's not because Nicolas Maduro was a socialist, it's because he was an authoritarian. The same goes for politicians outside of the US, Venezuela and a plethora of other countries. Look at the way Chavez treated the National Assembly. They undermined the legitimacy of the institution, he said. The same goes for other countries that have buried themselves in the turmoil. 
In Syria, they didn't have legitimate popular government institutions to put a break on the total power of the Assad family. And when people didn't like it, they didn't have a recourse. They have violence, said Moore. Although the vote goes against what most Democratic senators wanted, the fact that the Trump-Ukrainian scandal resulted in impeachments in the House is impactful, said Moore. The problem arises when officials in government are spending their time preventing action. The only thing that differentiates us, that differentiates America from those countries, is the respect for the legitimacy of our government in institutions, Moore said. Trump tweeting about the fake and unfair FBI, the intelligence community, the judicial system and legislation is a way for the president to slowly dismantle the respect of the U.S. for its processes, according to Moore. To whatever degree he is successful, he increases the likelihood that America fails, collapses, he said. There is nothing inherent nothing necessary about the success of the United States. Impeachment is meant to take its course like it is now. As long as we, as a nation, respect those institutions, we can commit, excuse me, we can continue our run, said Moore. Despite the vote, which effectively omitted witnesses from appearing during the Senate trial, Trump has yet to face a vote regarding his removal from office, which is now scheduled for Wednesday. For a while, I was also in here telling Patrick, I don't think that impeachment is going to make a difference because he's on his way out, said Ahmed. But Moore said, no, it will be because it goes down in history. Impeachment is something that says this isn't okay, he said. And that was polit Politics on page three by Adrian Aguiar, Emeritus Editor-in-Chief. And I just wonder if they're teaching constitutional law here because I'm sort of familiar with it and oh, the yeah. Constitution, mm -hmm. and there are so many flaws, I have to say, in this, um, in this article. But... Anyway, that's my two cents worth. Oh, okay. Yeah. They, they cover it in, um, in government class. They do. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. But, uh, boy, there's... Anyway. It's such a... Uh, our nation is so polarized right now. Yes. It's... Wow. Yeah, it really is. It's too bad. But mm -hmm. anyway, you know, we've... Um, America's become quite successful in the past few years. <laughs> so we all know what side I'm on, don't we? <laughs> okay, okay, now what? Change the subject, Victor. Okay, we'll get let's on look politics. At some, How some about that? Cultural things mm -hmm. here. Experiencing life behind the veil. Staff writer Nabila Iqbal writes this article, and it's quite interesting. I actually felt really beautiful when I put it on, said Stephanie Harris, social worker at Richland about trying on a hijab for the first time. All you could see was the shape of my face and my eyes, and everyone kept saying, oh my gosh, your eyes are so green. Hosted by the Office of Student Life, the OSL, and the Muslim Student Association, the MSA, Richland celebrated National Hijab Day on January 31st. The event was held in the El Paso Lounge. 
A hijab is a religious headscarf worn by Muslim women of all cultures and ethnicities around the world. According to Muslim faith, it's a symbol of modesty and commitment to one's faith in God. The event focused on breaking the stigma of hijabs and educating people about the significance of the religious head covering. Representatives from the Islamic Circle of North America, the ICNA, provided curious students with brochures about the meaning of hijab and information about the religion of Islam. ICNA also had a hijab trying station where they provided free headscarves for people to try on along with a calligraphy table where participants could get their names written in Arabic. A colorful poster displayed the different styles of hijabs worn in different countries around the world, like Turkey, Somalia, Pakistan, and others. Omar Rinsola Ajayi, a second-year student, thinks that this sort of education is crucial to society. I think it's really nice that communities are coming together to celebrate something that has importance to a particular community. I think it's inspiring and more communities should do that, Ajayi said. Participants received a gift bag full of candy, educational brochures about Islam, a copy of the Holy Quran, and a free hijab to try on. Harris believes that breaking down the stigma of cultural biases is the only way to move forward in the world. I've taken religious studies classes, and I've learned that there's not a lot of difference between religions, and so events like these are important, and it's really easy as a society to have a stereotype or an idea or think that you know something that you know nothing about because you saw a meme or because you heard that a friend of a friend or maybe your parents thought a certain way, she said. Students also enjoyed free popcorn and henna tattoos at the event. In this article, Experiencing Life Behind the Veil, was written by Nabila Iqbal, staff writer. Well, thank you. And on the same page, Campus News, on page five, nominate your professor for teaching excellence. And this is by Bernard Cheatham, staff writer. And I just want to explain my contact lenses are playing up today, and I apologize for my stumbling around sometimes. (laughs) Let's give this one a shot. (laughs) Um, The Excellence in Teaching Award is, sorry, is presented to faculty by students and faculty who nominate professors they feel have had a positive impact on student lives. The deadline for submission is February the 7th. The Excellence in Teaching Award offers Richland students a way to show appreciation for their favorite professors and recognize their educational offices and and styles. Economics Professor Carlos Martinez is the chairman of the Excellence in Teaching Committee. He and Professor Mary Wood, along with other committee members, oversee the candidate's nomination. Wood finds the process of selecting the annual recipient exciting and enjoys sharing the news of being nominated with the professors. I was lucky last year because I got to tell the winner that she had won, Wood said, so it's exciting when you can share that moment with another faculty member, especially when you know that faculty member who is such a motivator and educator for students. 
Only Richland faculty members are eligible for the Excellence in Teaching Award. Those who receive the honour are eligible to move to a higher level and be considered for a State Teaching Award, which is a very impressive honour. It's an exciting opportunity for students to nominate their teachers. I think it's important for students because I think it gives them a voice, Wood said. When they see that professor nominated or win, I feel like it's very exciting for them because they feel that they've had a hand in it. Wood said receiving the award is also important to the professor. On the instructional end, it is nice to know their efforts that we put in by being recognised by students because students are the ones nominating the award winners. Wood said, we know it is not just our colleagues and faculty, but the students who know that we are trying really hard to impact them and teach them in their lives. Although the cut-off date for nominations is February the 7th, nominations will be accepted afterwards. Those nominations will roll over onto the next year's nomination process. The winners of the Teaching in Excellence Award will be announced during Fall 2020 uh, Convocation of Faculty and Staff. And again, that was Nominate Your Professor for Teaching Excellence by Bernard Cheatham, Staff Writer. Thank you, thank you. And on page six, international news covering the coronavirus. This article is titled, Coronavirus Declared a Global Emergency. Possible Dallas Case is Being Monitored. Natalia Panita and Fernanda Pargas, staff writers, reported this article. This is part two of an ongoing series. The coronavirus that surfaced in China and spread to more than 25 countries has been declared a global emergency. Almost 10,000 cases have been reported at press time with at least 213 deaths, according to the Associated Press. At least one potential case has surfaced in Dallas, according to Dallas Assistant City Manager John Fortune. The Dallas County Community College, the DCCCD, has learned that Parkland Memorial Hospital in Dallas is monitoring a suspected coronavirus patient, said DCCCD Chancellor Joe May in a statement issued on January the 31st. Given this evolving situation, I thought it was important to inform you that the district is working closely with Dallas County Health and Human Services to monitor the disease, May said. The first person-to-person case was reported in the U.S. on January the 30th. The case involved the husband of a Chicago woman who recently returned from China. Five additional cases reported in the U.S. also involved travelers who contracted the respiratory virus after returning from China. Airports around the globe, including DFW, International Airport, are monitoring travelers for symptoms. A statement released January the 28th confirms that DFW Airport is among 20 U.S. airports monitoring for the illness. The DFW Airport Public Safety is trained and prepared to support the CDC and the Tarrant County Public Health Department if monitoring efforts require a coordinated response, the statement read. 
Recent studies in China indicate the original source of the virus may have been snakes, the Chinese crate, and the Chinese cobra. AP reported that scientists were able to determine the genetic code by using samples from isolated patients. Many of those who were first affected with the coronavirus were either workers or customers of a local wholesale seafood market. Scientists say it is similar to the SARS, Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome, in MERS, Middle East Respiratory Syndrome viruses, which were believed to have come from bats. All are considered zoonotic viral diseases. Coronavirus causes an upper respiratory infection that can turn into pneumonia. There is no treatment or cure at this time. Some Richland students express concern about how quickly the virus is spreading globally. Sarah Nawab, a business major, said that she is obviously concerned and worried. In the past, when we heard about other viruses, I guess we were younger and we didn't have any concern, so we would just joke about it. And now, I am actually concerned. As a young adult, this can not only affect us globally, but this could affect us personally, Nawab said. Other students said they were not alarmed, at least not yet. Faiz Zubada, a healthcare studies major, shares that he is not really afraid of it and believes health professionals have it under control. The virus is also affecting the global economy. China is the second largest economy in the world. The impact of the virus there causes sharp changes in the stock market, leading U.S. investors to sweat because many companies rely on China as their main supplier. Airlines and resort operators also suffered financial losses. Drug developers and small biotechnology companies, however, were among the corporations that made the biggest gains. The U.S. Department of Health and Human Services has been preparing for the coronavirus since it appeared in December. We are constantly making investments, training personnel at all levels, carrying out simulations and exercises, and sharing information, the department said in a prepared statement. While no confirmed cases of the coronavirus have been reported in North Texas, Dallas County Health and Human Services reported 14 deaths due to the flu this year. Although the number is lower than the previous year, it can still progress. Health experts say it is important to wash hands frequently, cover your cough and sneezes, and go to the doctor as soon as you experience symptoms. Drugstore chains, many grocery stores in the DCHHS, offered the flu shots for little to no money, depending on your health care provider. Health officials strongly recommend getting a flu shot. And that's coronavirus declared a global emergency. Possible Dallas case is being monitored. And it was written by Natalia Panita and Fernanda Pargas, staff writers. And I just want to add real quick that I was listening to the news um, yesterday. And they said, I can't remember the country right offhand, but this country has come up with a vaccine. Oh, wow. Uh, that consists of AIDS drugs and flu vaccines, a combination of those. And they've had a patient who had this uh, coronavirus for 14 days and it's getting better now since they've been administering this cocktail mix of, of a vaccine. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, the brain's behind all this. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah it sure is. 
Now, I know our part-time reader, Steve, was mm-hmm. in China. Did he make it out? Well, uh, yeah, he was in China. He left China about a week and a half oh, ago. Oh, he's lucky. He's in Thailand. Yeah. And he's supposed to fly back to China at the end of the month, but I don't think they're going to go to China. No, I think, I think mm-hmm. China's sort of closed its borders, hasn't yes, it? Yeah, yeah I, think and it, I think it's all quarantined. Well, he's in for a long vacation in Thailand, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I think when he gets back here... Sorry. He might have to go to quarantine for two weeks. Absolutely, absolutely, just to be safe. Yes, right, right. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, if Steve is listening, (laughs) (laughs) wish you well, Steve. (laughs) So our last article is on um, page seven, and it's Campus News. Calhoun bids farewell to Richland, and this is by Jack Ramirez Bernal, Managing Editor. After four decades of service to the Richland community, Susan Calhoun spent her last day on campus January the 30th amidst heartfelt congratulations at a retirement party organized by her closest friends. Having worked as an instructional support associate for the School of Business by assisting students and overseeing the computer lab, Calhoun created an everlasting impression on those whom she worked, with whom she worked. I've made some real lifelong friends here, and that's what's going to be really hard to leave, Calhoun said. A recent cancer survivor, treatment kept her away from the office for a significant amount of time, and when she returned, she was grateful to find, quote, no papers on her desk. Her co-workers had made sure she had a smooth return. Calhoun received both an Employee of the Year and Employee of the Month award during her tenure. Some co-workers nominated me and I didn't know about it because they knew I'd say no, so they did it behind my back, Calhoun said. When it was announced at our luncheon, I didn't know I was a, a nominee. Colleagues said her absence would have been felt in many ways. I think we will kn- we know how much she has done when she is when she has gone, because many of the things that she does she does intuitively," said Dwight Riley, executive vice president for academic affairs and student success. It's going to take us time to stop, retrain, and learn how to do things she made look very easy. Sandy Groom, Senior Executive Assistant for the School of Business, will miss her friendship with Calhoun. Susan has been a good friend for the last 33 years that I've been here, Groom said. She does a wonderful job at what she's been doing all these years, and I feel very fortunate and lucky to have known her. Calhoun originally intended to retire in August, but circumstances prompted a change in plans. Calhoun said she is not ready to say goodbye just yet. It's tough. It's really tough, even for me coming in these last few days, Calhoun said. While her retirement um, itinerary will include travelling with her husband to see relatives and enjoy the festive landscape of Las Vegas... Calhoun said she won't forget Richland. She plans to return to take classes in genealogy, 
through the Emeritus Programme and stay in touch with friends. I've always loved this job. I mean, the bad days I've had here, I could put them on one hand, Calhoun said. This is going to be a very great change for me next Monday, getting up and thinking I'm not coming back to work. And again, that was Calhoun Bids Farewell to Richland by Jack Ramirez Bernal, Managing Editor. And we wrap it up as usual with upcoming events on campus. All events are free and open to the public unless otherwise indicated. So today, Tuesday, February the 4th, 12.30 to 1.30, Masterclass with Heather Hawke and Leslie Spots. That's in Fanning Performance Hall, F108. On Thursday, February the 6th, from 11 to 12, a reception, Made in America, a Current City, a solo exhibition by Riley Holloway in the Brazos Art Gallery, and that's free, Crockett Hall, C140, February the 10th, which is next Monday, 8 a.m. to 7 p.m., Spring Flex Term Registration in Thunderduck Hall, Tuesday the 11th, next week, 11.30 to 1.30 p.m., North Texas Mobile Food Pantry, Please Bring a Bag, and that's in the East Breezeway. Next week, Wednesday the 12th, from 10 to 1, free HIV testing, which is open to students, employees, the community 18 and older, photo ID, please, that's in the Health Centre Thunderduck Hall, T110. And also next Wednesday, 3 to 6, International Film Series, Valentine, an Argentine film, and that's a free event. That's in Sabine Hall, S118. And wrapping up upcoming events on Friday and Saturday next week, the 14th and 15th, from 7.30 to 8.30 p.m., the Richland Drama Department presents Richland Writes 3, a festival of 10-minute plays. That's in the Arena Theatre in Fannin Hall, F108. And as usual on the back page, the back cover, uh, please think about joining the student media. Assignment meetings are every Monday and Wednesday at 2 p.m. in El Paso Hall, E020. So this does conclude the audio edition of the Richland Chronicle for February the 4th, 2020. The audio edition of the Chronicle is available in podcast at richlandstudentmedia.com. Your readers today were Victor Carter. I'm Alison Doherty. Mike Sikorsky is our techie whiz. So from all of us, thank you so much for listening.